we're so off every time we do that. Hello! And welcome to another episode of We Don't Wanna. This is the podcast where we really, really don't wanna. In every episode, we'll be taking a very reluctant journey through a series that one of us loves and the other, well, that's where the reluctancy comes in. I am Zach, and I am joined by my co-host, who just got done collecting a tube of BooboTuber pus, Scotty Westside. Yes, yes. Thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> it was disgusting. Uh, cannot recommend that experience. Uh, don't go to Sprouts class, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> not <laughs> Zero out of ten, not a good time, BooboTuber pus. I can't even booba tuba puss. Say that three times fast. Jeez. I'd rather not. I just tried doing that intro four times, so I'm done <laughs> with that. You tried doing that intro about 30 <laughs> times slow, and uh, it did go well any of the times. Yep. Anyway, today we're going through Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, chapters 9 through 13. Indeed. We had to bite off a little bit smaller of a chunk here. I guess these are a little bit more... Uh, jam-packed chapters would you say scott yeah definitely um i I got some notes i got some notes i got a nice tall glass of snake milk here (laughs) uh fresh freshly milked nagini um my snake milk is in a is in a kleenex in the trash can right over here (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) just everything i say you have to make horrible don't you uh (laughs) But yeah, uh, these chapters were, this first chapter was a doozy, uh, chapter nine, which we will get into here Doozy shortly. as in good or, or a mess? Um, it was good. Hell it yeah. It was really good, actually. Um, and maybe one of the densest, like so much was happening. I may have taken more notes in this chapter than any chapter I can ever remember. Like, a lot happened. Um, and then, yeah, we get to the school. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so fucking happy about that. I <laughs> Zach was so worried. He was like, oh, I have, I have, he was on the verge of tears when we were starting up today. He was like, oh, I just really hope Scott likes this book. <laughs> I don't know why I gave you like a southern accent there. <laughs> or what even accent that was. <laughs> Oh, I just want Scott to like the Harry Potters, <laughs> dude. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll we'll jump in here because there is a lot to get through. Like I said, I do have a lot of notes, um, especially here in chapter nine. The way I feel like we need to do this, I I will ask you questions if I need to, but I feel like with how dense this chapter is, we might need to get all the way through my notes and then come back and unpack a few things. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that, man. Scotty, take the wheel. Stuff is happening here. Oh, uh, yeah. And and a lot of it is very good. This, I was trying to think if there was a chapter I enjoyed, like single chapter that I enjoyed more than this. I don't know if there is. I really liked this chapter. It's a great chapter, man. So For sure. So what is it? The Dark Mark, I believe, is the name of it. That's how um, I know you enjoyed it. You actually know what the title of the chapter is. <laughs> I know a couple of them, <laughs> shockingly enough. 
Uh, so yeah, chapter nine. So this is where we last left off. Was the Quidditch Cup had thankfully finally ended, um, and uh, George and Fred were like, "Give us our money, bitch!" Um, to the Bagman, and um, so chapter nine opens here with Arthur telling friend George, "Like, don't tell your mother you've been gambling." Um, which is a very dad thing to say. Yeah. Uh, there were definitely times, you know, like growing up where, uh, my dad would let me watch maybe a movie that my mother would not approve of. And he would, you know, be like, don't tell your mom we watched this <laughs> type of thing. So, uh, it's a very dad thing to say, which I appreciated. Uh, friend and George are like, nah, we're not going to tell her. We don't want this money being confiscated. They have big plans for this money. So my guess is they're going to be getting wizard weasley wheezes whatever the fuck it's called uh Weasley's back wizard off the ground. that's the one um so they're they're going back to their tent uh, arthur's like oh, i'm glad i'm not on duty i wouldn't fancy having to go and tell the irish they've got to stop celebrating because the irish won so they're they're going nuts um and they go to bed Harry is then awakened by Arthur shouting. He's like, this is bad. We got to go. Emergency, emergency. Um, And this is where this shit, like, just pops off immediately. I was like, what the fuck when I was reading this? (laughs) Uh, So they go out, and the scene that greets them, there's a crowd of wizards uh, moving, marching through, like, the camp. With their wands pointing upward, uh, Harry realizes they they have like they're like hooded and masked, and floating above them are four struggling figures that they're like like puppets on a string. I think Harry describes them as they're they're obviously being like magically like held aloft, like sixty feet in the air, and they're like twisting them around and jerking them around and. Harry realizes that the four up there are the muggle family that runs, like, the campsite, like, the Roberts family. So bad, dude. This is fucked up, dude. Two of them are are children. Yeah, two of them are kids. It's the dude that they met, like, at the opening of the camp, Mm -hmm. and his wife and his two kids. And so I get it. These are dark wizards. They're pieces of shit. But what I don't understand here, this is where I was like, what? Is a bunch of other wizards are, like, joining them. Like, they're just joining the march and, like, laughing it up and, like, helping these dark wizards, creating a big crowd around them. Basically, it seems like just about all of the wizards in the camp, or at least most of them, except for, like, the ones that work for the ministry... And this was maybe the big problem I had with this chapter, even though I did overall enjoy it. I was like, do most wizards, like, hate muggles? I, I've i never gotten any indication of that being the case. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's something specific that made you feel like it's all or, like, most of the wizards, but... To my knowledge, it's not. I mean, wizards definitely join them, and then they they have supporters who kind of like flank around them, so that that way, like once the ministry wizard starts to intercept them, like the the hooded figures are kind of kept a little bit more safe. Right. But it's it's not 
it's not the whole camp by any means. Most of the camp is running away. Right. Okay, that's fine, but it's still it's still enough people to like for there to be a crowd big enough around the actual hooded and masked uh fuckers that like the ministry wizards can't get to them. Right. So it's it's a decent amount of people. So even if it's not most or all, I'm still just like this is like mess, like fucked up shit and they're just like, "Oh yeah, let's fuck with these muggles." And it's like, do that many wizards really hate muggles that much or just okay with like, I mean, everyone knows we find out later these are like the Death Eaters and they're just like cool with like joining them. That's what I don't fully understand because even if there had been some kind of line earlier from Arthur of like, yeah, like relations with the muggles, you know, muggle wizard relations aren't great right now or, you know, something like that to where... I would be able to buy more of people being like joining in with something like this because this seems like so fucked up for these people just to join in on. Uh, you're you're not entirely wrong. I mean, I I think there's there's a big part of it too of like, I mean, it's that herd mentality, dude. It's it, it's it's really fucked up. There 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 isn't a inherent like hatred towards muggles, but mm-hmm. there is you know, and and I'm not trying to make this sound like like political in the sense that you know the past several years have been in real life but like there is a very like underlying like kind of just like they're racist i mean and and they don't fully acknowledge it as racism sure but it's just like they're they just they're prejudiced towards towards muggles and so i mean i don't know and it's not explicitly said but i i think the way that it is in my head is like things are popping off, it's loud, it's fun, you know, like, they're celebrating, people are probably drunk, and sure. and and people who think it, it's just a fun game join in, and they absolutely should not. Yeah, and that's, you know, that makes sense, but, like, I mean, this is, like, a full-on riot at this point. They're, like, setting tents on fire and shit, which, if it really was just, like, oh, racist against muggles, like... And I get, you know, it's just whatever. Like you said, they're drunk, they're stupid, but I mean, those are just like their wizard buddies tense, so I don't understand that either. But that was the one thing I feel like in this chapter where I was just like, man, this is like really sick and like disgusting. And this seems like a lot of people are not just like even like bystanders, like, you know, passive bystanders, they're fully in on it, which... Seemed a little odd to me, but whatever. We'll move on here. Arthur's like, you kids run into the woods. We're going to help the ministry. Bill, Charlie. <laughs> here, where Here's where I accidentally typed pervy instead of Percy, <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious, so I just left it. Uh, and then I just wanted to call him pervy the rest of throughout my notes. Uh, Bill, Charlie, pervy, and Arthur and the other ministry wizards uh, are trying to get to the center with the hooded masked wizards. But they are also scared to do any spells because they don't want the Roberts family to fall. So the the group of like George, Fred, Ron, Harry, Hermione, and Ginny run into the woods where they meet Malfoy. Um, there's the bit here. Ron told Malfoy to do something that Harry knew he would never have dared say in front of Mrs. Weasley. My guess is fuck off or go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> Probably yes. They don't explicitly say that, but I know the truth. Uh, 
so there are like bombs of green light going off. I feel like every time in this in these books, it's been like a spell of like green light. It's like really bad news. I think um, green light flashing is what killed Harry's parents, if I remember correctly. Yeah, to to my knowledge, uh, there's not another spell that emits a green light other than the killing curse. I don't know what that is. Well, that's what killed Harry. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but... (laughs) Right. I assume it's a curse that kills. But no, yeah, green light seems like bad, and there's like just bombs this shit going off everywhere. So these fuckers are like not messing around. This is more than just, hey, let's like fuck with these muggles and float them around. Like, this is bad shit. Yeah. I don't know if people are dying. And actually, I think later Arthur says nobody died, which seems weird if there's all these quote unquote killing curses going off anyway. Um, does it say that there's green light flashing everywhere? There definitely does. Interesting. Okay, then I, I guess I could be. I guess I could be mistaken, but. Or, or that was poor writing on rolling. Yeah, whatever. Either way. Um, Malfoy tells them that they shouldn't let them see the mudblood. Talking of Hermione, of course, this fucking piece of shit. Malfoy's being a real fucking asshole here. Uh, Harry asks him if his parents are, you know, some of the hooded figures, and he's just being a little dick about it. He's like, mm, who could say? Um, Hermione, of course, too smart to rise to Malfoy's bait. And she basically drags the other two out of there because, as usual, she is the only sensible one. Um, Here's where we get our first mention of a different school, not Hogwarts. I I asked about this on a previous episode, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, They see some other students, and they know they don't go to Hogwarts, and Hermione says, Bobatons. Yeah. Uh, they must go to Bobatons, the Academy of Magic. I read about it in an appraisal of magical education in Europe. Harry's like, oh, yeah, of course. He has no fucking <laughs> idea what she's talking about. Um, dipshit Harry loses his wand. Um, and then Hermione and Ron argue a little bit about house elves being enslaved because they see uh, Tinky Winky, whatever her name is. Winky, yeah. Um. And Ron is, like, being a fucking douche idiot about it, and Hermione's telling him off, basically. He's just so ignorant. He he doesn't understand. Hermione's like, it's people like you, Ron, who prop up rotten and unjust systems just because they're too lazy, and then I think she gets cut off. But, um, yeah, Hermione laying down the fucking right shit here, and Ron's just a dipshit. Um... It's just a weird aside. They see some more of the Vilas, which were like the dancing siren type creatures. Right. Um, Harry recognizes your boy Stan. Uh, Stan Shunpike? Yeah, the pimply dude from the night bus. Yep. Um, who's like fucking totally enthralled by these Vilas. And I think he tells them that he's the head of the ministry. They're all telling him like total bullshit because they're like in love with these Vilas. <laughs> And Harry turns to Ron to make fun of him, but Ron is like, did I tell you I've invented a broomstick that'll reach Jupiter? Because <laughs> Ron's a fucking moron. Yeah, he's an idiot. 
Harry is not affected by the Velas here, even though he was like affected by them earlier, which I didn't understand. But again, Hermione drags him away. So they're they're through the forest. They're they're running through the forest again, and uh, the Bagman shows up. They find they find the Bagman, and he doesn't know what's going on. And so they have to tell him they're like some people have got hold of a family of Muggles. Uh, the Bagman is like, damn them. He said, looking quite distracted, and then he just pops out of there. I don't trust this dude. I, I didn't, I don't know if I mentioned this last episode. I didn't like the cut of his jib when he was first introduced, and I still, even more so now, I don't trust the bag man. The gambler no. guy? The bookie? Yeah. The bookie, yeah. The bookie, the head of the sports, the the fucking announcer. He how does come, it How all. come you don't like him? He's Including... Just- Including being shady. He's just shady as shit. I don't trust him. I think he's... I think he's... I would say evil, but he's doing something. The bag man cannot be trusted is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) So... Oh, you're right, Scott. He was a beater, by the way. Is that what I said? Yeah, I think last episode, I I think I said he was a chaser. (laughs) Yeah, you would. Of course I'm always right when it comes to Harry Potter. So, so then this is where shit pops off even more. Um, they're standing around and they hear someone and Harry's like, who's there? And then without warning, the silence was rent by voice, unlike any they had heard in the wood. And it uttered not a panic shout, but what sounded like a spell, Morse Mordre or something to that effect. Right. And this fucking, like, giant flaming skull with a snake tongue. Not, like, a tongue like a snake's, like a snake instead of a tongue. Um, like, flies up into the air and is, like, huge flaming skull. Green flaming skull in the sky. Um, It's like the bat signal, but uh, not. (laughs) Right. If the bat signal was a flaming snake skull. Uh, Hermione's like, we gotta fucking go. That's the dark mark. This is Voldy's sign. Let's fucking go. We gotta get out of here. Um, they're running out of there, and 20 wizards pop. You know, they do their apper, 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 and, and they their try to hit them. Their red apparition? They, <laughs> the red jumpsuit apparatus. Uh, shit, I meant to say it the way you did, and I just <laughs> couldn't say anything but the real <laughs> You're an idiot. I, I screwed that up real good. Uh, they try to hit him with the old stupefy spell. Uh, they just, like, come in blasting, man. They come in hot. They don't come in looking at, like, what's going on. They just come in blasting. Harry gets them to duck just in time. And then, after all these 20 wizards have, like, shot their loads off, Arthur's like, oh, stop, that's my son. And he goes over to check, see if they're okay. Um, Then this fucking crouch dick. I think I'll call them couch at one point, which was also pretty funny. <laughs> um, This crouch dick thinks that one of them summoned the dark mark. He's like, you fuckers, what did you do? And the rest of them, all the other wizards are like, they're fucking kids, dude. They couldn't have done this. Literally no one but Crouch <laughs> thinks that they summoned yeah. this dark mark. Crouch is like losing his mind, though. Uh, Hermione's like, Hermione's trying to explain. She's like, but we heard, we heard, 
someone over there. Uh, it sounded like they said some kind of an incantation, and Mr. Crouch was like, oh, stood over there, did they? Said an incantation, did they? Well, you seem very informed about how that mark is summoned, Missy. And he's, like, full mental, and the rest of them are like, it's not these fucking kids, you dipshit. Do you know who this is? This is goddamn Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, Crouch is a moron. I don't like him. Um, so here, so another one of the of the witches there is like, we're too late. They'll, they'll have red jumpsuit disapparated. Uh, I got it. That's <laughs> you got it, man. Nailed it. <laughs> so good. I'm good at this. I'm good at the podcast. Uh, here's, here's our boy, Amos Diggory coming back, said, said he's father. He's like, nah, I don't think so. Our stunners. Went right through those trees. There's a good chance we got him. Amos seems like a very appropriate name for him. I'm, I'm imagining Amos Diggory is like a hick, like a southern hick. I know he can't be a southern hick because he lives in England, but old Amos is like, oh, yeah, our stunners spit some tobacco. Our stunners got them bastards. We got them real good. That's my Amos. That would be a strange accent to hear in the UK. <laughs> It would be, but Amos has one for whatever reason, All for right. sure. Okay. Uh, so I guess stupefy is like a stunning spell. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So they, they set the phasers to stun. I feel a little bit better of them coming in hot, just like popping in and immediately blasting. If it's not like if they're on stun, that's okay. Yeah. You know, stun first, ask questions later is my my whole thing. You know. Um. Ole Amos goes to look and he finds uh, Tinky Winky. Uh, Couch, here's why I accidentally typed Couch. Couch cannot believe and is not happy by this. Arthur, much like Hermione, usually the voice of reason here, is like, it's not fucking her either. He's like, the dark mark needs a wand. And Ole Amos is like, yeah, she had one. That breaks a lot. No humans can't have wands. Uh, which was news to me. I didn't know that non-humans couldn't have wands. Correct. He's like, Article 16, Paragraph 3. Amos, you know, really well-versed on this stuff. I guess this is like part of his, he's magical creatures department, I think they say. Yes. Oh, yeah. And so, and and here comes the Bagman again. I forgot he comes back here. The Bagman comes back and he starts going off on Couchy. And he's like, why weren't you at the match? Your elf was saving you a seat, too. And then he's like, oh, shit, wait, what happened to Tinky Winky? Because then he notices that Tinky Winky is uh, asleep on the ground or, like, stunned on the ground. Um, So they finally wake her up. They're waking her up to ask what's going on. She's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I don't know. Um, Amos is like, you were found with a wand in your hand. Then, finally, Harry realizes, like, oh, hey, that's my wand. I just lost that because he's a fucking idiot. So then Amos starts accusing Harry Potter. He's like, oh, this is your wand, huh? So you did it. And Arthur, again, is like, this is Harry Potter, dipshit. Why would he conjure the dark mark? Do you know his story? And Amos is like, oh, yeah, of course. Fuck. Yeah, no, it couldn't have been him. I got carried away. Sorry. Uh... Harry, Hermione, sorry, here brings up the thing I thought of immediately is that they would have recognized, because they say specifically Tinky Winky has a very high voice, and they would have recognized it if she had done the incantation, which was the first thing I thought of when, you know, 
I was like, he couldn't have been Tinky Winky. They would have said that was a high voice. Uh, Amos is like, well, there's an easy way to see the last spell a wand performed. And he does this like whole thingy with the, the wand. And sure enough, it was Harry's wand that summoned the dark mark. Here, so Amos is like fully unhinged. He's like, "You've been caught red-handed, you damn elf!" I I don't like your your Amos voice. That's gonna I it's gonna it. keep going. So you're just gonna deal with it. I hate Amos now. <laughs> um, Arthur's like, "Hold on, there, old Amos." Uh, precious few wizards know how to do that spell. Where could she have learned it? Perhaps Amos, and then okay, so here's Mister Crouch, who's like super pissed off. He's like, perhaps Amos is suggesting that I routinely teach my servants to conjure the dark mark because, again, this is his house elf. And Amos is like, oh, no, of course I wasn't. I wouldn't imply that. Um, And old Couchy is like, I trust you remember the many proofs I have given over a long career that I despise and detest the dark arts and those who practice them. If you accuse me... If you accuse my house elf, you accuse me, Diggory. Where else would she have learned to conjure it? So he's he's pissed off. I, I don't like Couch. I, I don't trust him either. I don't trust the bag man. I don't trust Couch. So they're like, well, did you see anyone, Tinky Winky? She's like, no. I have seen no one, sir, no one. But she's looking around. She seems real flighty. I, I think she may have seen someone. She just can't say. Crouch is like, hey, Amos, I know you want to take the elf in for questioning, but I want to deal with this myself. And apparently Crouch is too important to a point where Amos can't really refuse him, which again makes me trust Crouch even less. It seems like he wants to silence this elf. I think she knows something. And he doesn't want her saying what she knows. Interesting theory. Yeah. Uh, Crouch, though, just seems pissed off at Tinky Winky. He's like, uh, she behaved tonight in a manner I would not have thought possible. I told her to remain in the tent. I told her to stay there while I went to sort out in the trouble, and I find that she disobeyed me. This means clothes, which is a weird threat, but I understand there's a whole thing with clothes (laughs) with the house elves. Uh, she's like, no, master, not clothes, not clothes. And this is where I'm confused because I'm like, wait. Giving them clothes, like, frees them. But then again, Tinky Winky was also horrified about Dobby being freed, basically. So maybe she just doesn't want to be freed. It's all she knows, really. Yeah, it's all she knows. She's, like, brainwashed into thinking, like, she has to she has to do a good job for her master, you know? like that's Right, right. Because when, yeah, she was talking to Harry in one of the last chapters and basically telling him, like, yeah, no, Dobby's a fucking nut since he got freed and all that shit so yeah it seems like she doesn't want to be freed which is really messed up and bad Hermione big defender here of Winky and uh then Arthur basically leads them all back to the tent uh where they find the rest of them uh Bill Percy and Charlie they're they're all fucked up well not all fucked up but Bill's got like a cut on his arm Percy's got a bloody nose um Hermione roasts Percy and Ron about Crouch being a dick to his elf because Ron's just an idiot. Percy, of course, defends his boy. And Hermione's like, you fuckers are dipshits and I hate you, basically. Harry's like, what's the big deal about this dark mark? I don't understand. And Mr. Weasley's like, it hasn't been seen for 13 years. 
Uh, they did it. I guess they put it over the houses of people they killed or something. Yeah. Um, it's a death but march, it was almost basically. like right. It was almost like seeing you know who back again. Um, the terror that this mark inspired. You have no idea. Basically, he's like, just picture coming home and finding the dark mark hovering over your house and knowing that you're about to find inside everyone's worst fear. Um, that's heavy stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, here's where we learn about the Death Eaters, and I can't remember if this is Bill or Charlie. Uh, they're like, it didn't help us tonight. Whoever conjured it, it scared all the Death Eaters away the moment they saw it. They, you know, popped out of there. Uh, but they did save the Robertses, which is good. They're having their memory memories modified right now, uh, which I'm like, that's some fucked up shit they went through. Harry's like, but what was the point of all this? And Mr. Weasley's like, the point? Harry, that's their idea of fun. Half the muggle killings back when you-know-who was in power was done for fun. I suppose they had a few drinks tonight and couldn't resist reminding us all that lots of them are still at large. A nice little reunion for them. So I guess he could be saying here that not all of the Death Eaters were like the masked and hooded ones that that could have been, you know, a bunch of the people that were joining them were still, so like, Death Eaters, I guess? Okay, so being a supporter of Voldemort does not make you a Death Eater. Okay, sure. So, uh, no, the, the, the masked people were Death Eaters. Uh, okay. And there weren't... The other people were just assholes. Correct. Okay. All right, fair enough. Yeah. But it it's interesting that he says that seeing the dark mark made them afraid. Right. That's what... Because, yeah, he says basically like, you know, when Voldy was quote-unquote killed, um, they, you know, basically just like fucked off or like pretended like they were under Voldy's spell or, you know, went immediately back on him. So that scared them as in, like, they're probably not, like, too keen on seeing old Voldy. And so this is where Hermione's like, so whoever conjured the death mark, the dark mark, were they doing it to show support for the Death Eaters or to scare them away? And that's, like, the big question we leave kind of the end of this chapter. Interesting, interesting. And then Harry goes to sleep wondering if Sirius got his letter. And that's finally the end of this chapter. There was a lot happening like i said i was probably reading this more intently than i've read a lot of chapters like this was really interesting really good stuff uh because i finally got a little taste of what i've told you i've wanted so much these fucking dumbass kids were basically just on the sidelines and it was like shut up go to the kids table the adults are talking yeah, it was finally a little bit, just a little bit of like, you kids run off to the woods. The adults are gonna go handle this, and we didn't see much, but at least that little bit got me just a little, just got a little chubby <laughs> reading that. <laughs> just you know, it didn't get me full hard because there wasn't enough of it. You couldn't produce but, a full. Or I did, I couldn't get all the way there. I need some blue chew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
If you or your partner is experienced. Dude, we need to get those guys as a sponsor. Blue Chew. Let's go, man. It's let's true. do this thing. Let's go, Blue Chew, guys. Uh, I want to talk about dicks. I do oh. it enough already, you know? <laughs> Rock hard dicks. Uh, so, yeah. I, this was a very good chapter, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Fuck yeah, I, dude. It was. I, it's so good. Yeah, I think I got through most of the important stuff. At least I hope I did with all the notes I had there. Is there anything you wanted to point out specifically that I missed or um, that you think we need to really unpack more? No, no. I think, uh, I mean, look, there's a lot that I would love to talk about, but sure, it's better saved for all the reveals, you know, that you'll right. get. Like how the bag man and Crouch are evil or something such, such. Such, such. I don't think necessarily Couch is evil. I don't think he's good, though, if that makes sense. I think Couch is going to be more of a problem than a help. Mm. I think Bagman is, the Bagman is just, he's, it could have been him that did the thing. Moore's Mortar? Yeah. Um, Because we know he was there, he was nearby. I suppose that doesn't really matter with the way these fuckers can just pop in and out of existence, but um, just the way he's he's just so shady, man. I do not trust the bag man, not even a little bit. Um, I will give her this, though. Despite my suspicions here, she's doing a better job of being subtle with the writing. Like, if this was the previous books, she would have already have basically given away. If they were evil, she would have been like, and then the bagman winked. <laughs> yeah, and then the bagman was like, did an evil chuckle. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so she's doing a better job of being subtle here. I'll give her that. But so, but these are my theories. Don't trust Crouch. Tinky Winky knows something that she can't say. And the bagman is a super fucker. A super fucker? A super fucker. <laughs> I just ordered one of those online, actually. <laughs> Not to be confused with confused with a super soaker. Yeah, it's hands free. <laughs> I hope I hope you paid good money for it. Um, so yeah, that's chapter nine. Holy shit! Uh, the rest of these should go faster. Okay, uh, chapter ten. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking notes in that chapter. Uh, so they're leaving the campsite. Um, they see Mr. Roberts. This is the next morning. Uh, poor dude thinks it's Christmas. Uh, (laughs) Arthur's like, he'll be fine. They just really had to like, that was a lot to make someone forget. He'll, he'll be okay eventually though. And I'm like, damn dude, this is not okay. This is so not okay. Like less so for him, but his damn wife and kids. Come on. Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's pretty awful. It's messed up. So. Mrs. Weasley, they get home. Mrs. Weasley, Molly, my girl, super relieved to see them okay. Some Rita chick printed a bunch of nonsense in the paper, and Arthur's none too pleased about it. Uh, he's like, I got to go into work, even though I'm on, supposed to be on holiday. <laughs> Pervy, I'll come with you, Father. Mr. Crouch will need all Hans hands on deck, and I can give him my cauldron report in person. <laughs> it's like, oh, my dude. God. Percy, no one gives a shit about your goddamn Calden report, especially now. 
Harry tells Ron and Hermione about his scar hurting and his dream uh, that he had about Voldy and Pettigrew and that they were plotting to kill someone. He doesn't tell them that it was him that they were plotting to kill, which I don't... Again, Harry's, like, the way Harry omits important information to people never fails to confuse me. Yeah, he's a weirdo. It, he he just, like, he doesn't like when people give him attention and, like, like uh, like that type of attention, like, like, are you okay? Like, it's going to be okay. Talk to Dumbledore. He's always just like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it myself. It's fine. Yeah. You know, don't worry about it. You know, I don't think he That kind of attention, sure. I think he does like attention, but. That's, you're right. You're right. That's why yeah. I had to clarify. Right. Um, Harry brings up the Trelawney exorcist thing again, um, which Hermione, of course, is like, whatever. That fucking bitch don't know shit. And Harry was like, well, yeah, now I kind of agree with you, but this was different. And, like, Dumble and him had that talk, and Dumble basically all but confirmed he thinks this was a real prediction for once. So Right. Um, <clears throat> Ron and Harry go play Quidditch. And if I hear about this Ronsky faint one more goddamn time, they've only brought it up 33 times in this book, and you had to bring it up in the last episode, too. I mean, it's cool. It's a faint. <sighs> you... What will never fail to confuse me is how you're like, I hate Quidditch, I hate Quidditch. Hey, Scott, how about that Ronsky faint, huh? Fuck yeah. This Quidditch match, World Cup Quidditch, crumbs cool, right? Look, dude, yeah. I can appreciate something cool. I don't I don't want to have to read about Quidditch every four chapters in these books is my problem. For as much as you hate profess to hate Quidditch, you seem to love Quidditch, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Okay. You told me about playing that Quidditch video game. I know, I know. You. Oh, that was badass, dude. See, I'm telling you again. I, that that doesn't mean I enjoy reading about it. Yeah, fair enough. So Percy's like, uh, <laughs> I'm getting all these howlers because people are complaining about security at the World Cup. They want compensation for their ruined property. Mundungus Fletcher, which I know I've heard that name before. I can't remember in what instance, but that's a great name. It is a good name. Who, who is Mundungus Fletcher? Um, as of now, he's he's just kind of a a stinky criminal guy. <laughs> stinky criminal guy. Well, they mentioned him in one of the previous books. Do you un- do yeah, you remember the circumstances? Uh, they mentioned him because he he hexed uh, Arthur. That's what it was. Yes, in the back. Yes, I thought that line was hilarious. It was something like Mundungus Fletcher tried to hex me or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. My back was turned. That's who it was. Okay. Yes, love Mundungus Fletcher. His uh, you'll appreciate that his name comes back a lot more later. But Excellent. he he's just he's a. He's the fucking uncle who's like into crime. He's a fucking weirdo. Like just like the weird just oh that guy's here. Shit. He seems like he's like a grifter basically. Yeah. Cuz he's trying to like <laughs> what Percy says here is Mundungus Fletcher put in a claim for a 12 bedroom tent with in-suite jacuzzi, but I know for a fact he was sleeping under a cloak propped up on sticks. Exactly. <laughs> Which is Yeah, he's just he's a schemer. Right. Maybe the funniest thing Percy, Pervy has ever said. Here fucking Pervy blames Arthur, uh, his dad, for making a statement um, before he had, like, consulted with his bosses at the ministry. And his mom, like, was like, don't fucking talk bad about your father, which good good for you, Molly. 
<laughs> Bill here says, Rita Skeeter never makes anyone look good. Remember she interviewed all the Gringotts charm breakers once and called me a long-haired pillock? And Mrs. Weasley's like, well, it is a bit long, dear. If you just let me... <laughs> and he's like, no, no, damn it, Mom. You're not cutting my hair. <laughs> Which is pretty good. Molly wants to know if Fred and George are making a new order form. And they're like, how could you accuse us of that? What if the Hogwarts Express crashed tomorrow? How would you feel if the last thing you said to us was an unfounded accusation? Of course they're making a new order form. <laughs> um, but they're they're just real good. Here Hermione is preaching about the elves again. Get on your soapbox, girl. Uh, Percy, of course, defending his boy Crouch. Uh, says, quote, a high-ranking ministry official like Mr. Crouch deserves unswerving obedience from his servants. And which, first of all, fuck you, Percy. Second of all, Hermione's like, uh, don't you mean his slave? Because he didn't pay Winky, did he? Um, Hermione going off. Mrs. Weasley did all their shopping for them. They don't go to Diagon Alley for like the first time ever in this book. Uh, she went and did all their shopping for them, but this dipshit Ron just complains about everything because fuck Ron. Um, she gets him these lovely, lovely sounding dress robes. Uh, and he's like, I'm never fucking wear these cause I'm a dick. And Mrs. Weasley just fires back. Fine. Go naked. And Harry, make sure you get a picture of him. Goodness knows I could do with a laugh. Hell yeah. Fucking Molly. Everyone roasts Ron. Literally every single person in his family, including his own mother, just roasts Ron constantly, and I love it. Yeah, it's because Ron sucks. He sucks so much. And Ron just, he's like, why is everything I own rubbish? His, like, fucking persecution complex really just gets on my nerves. Uh, and that's the end of chapter 10. Um, so, yeah, not nearly as much there as there was in chapter nine. Uh, anything else there you want to go over? You met someone in this chapter that uh, might be my least favorite character in this entire series. Who is that? Rita Skeeter. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't meet. She was well, right, mentioned. Holy fuck, Rita Skeeter, dude. <laughs> Big fan of her, are you? <laughs> yeah, she's fantastic. Okay, excellent. Um, chapter 11 just starts off with Amos's head floating in the fireplace, eating toast. Um, yeah, that's which that's a thing, apparently. Um, it's not like a hologram, like, you know, like, or just like a mystical, like, flame, communicate through the flames. Because, no, he's he actually eats toast here. Um, whatever, man, it's magic. He, he's, he's doing, uh, he's using flu powder. He's like halfway in. Just his head? That's yeah. a thing? Yeah. What the fuck? Well, he, he makes it a thing. Like, it, it hasn't been expressed that that's a thing before, but like him doing it is to show us that you can do that. Wait, are you saying old Amos invented this? No, 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 no. I'm saying okay. the book hasn't said, oh, hey, by the way, this is a thing. So you can they ha- had to have somebody do it so that we can acknowledge like, oh, okay, this is capable. You can give him the old head half flu, is what you're saying? Yeah. It's my favorite sex move? It, it is my favorite sex move. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, Flaming so head. So yeah, Am- 
Ole Amos's head is just floating in the fireplace, eating toast, and he's telling Arthur he's got to get Mad Eye off easy because apparently he's out of warnings. We'll get to Mad Eye. Uh, apparently he was hexing his garbage cans or something. I don't know. Uh, George is like Mad Eye Moody. Isn't he that nutter? <laughs> and Molly's why'd you, like, Why'd you have a hard T there? Nutter. That nutter. Nutter. I mean, how do you do a soft T? Nutter. <laughs> nutter butter. Uh, it's spelled Molly. the same way. <laughs> it's the same word. I know. I'm not saying it's not. Uh, Arthur uh, Molly here is like your father thinks very highly of Mad Eye Moody, and Fred, my fucking guy, fires back with, "Yeah, well, Dad collects plugs, doesn't he? Birds of a feather, if you ask me." <laughs> Dear Fred, that is a good one. I, I love Arthur, but Fred's got a point. Uh, he does collect plugs. Uh, Bill here chimes in with Moody was a great wizard in his time. And Charlie's like, yeah, he's an old friend of Dumbledore, isn't he? <laughs> and Fred just continuing his hot streak. He is on fire from downtown. Well, Dumbledore's not exactly what you'd call normal, though, is he? <laughs> I mean, I know he's a genius and everything, but... Right. Fred, I love you. Uh, Fred's now my favorite. So I hope he's the one that turns evil. Oh, Fr- Fred is the the twin that you prefer? Yes. You asked me this like a couple episodes ago. And That's right, I did. I was like, they're like interchangeable in my mind. But now Fred, he went, he was like three for Fred three. gets more zingers for some reason. He's, like she, she writes he's the got some zingers here for sure. Yeah. Um, So this is where they explain uh, he was an or Is an that how you say it? Yeah. Um, which they should, is this the thing that you said they renamed from the magical hit squad or something like that? Yes. <sighs> oh, they should have kept that name. <laughs> um, magical hit squad sounds rad as fuck or sounds like, like some kind of French sauce f- that I get on my beef. Isn't that a jus? <laughs> God damn, dude. No, a different French sauce that I get on my beef, you dick. Hey, dude, I can give you some French sauce for your I beef. I don't want your French sauce. You're not French. Um, <laughs> or are you? I mean, uh, <laughs> anyway, he was a magical hit squadsman, is what I'm going to call him. Uh, one of the best, apparently. A dark wizard catcher. Yeah. Half the cells in Azkaban are full because of him. He made himself loads of enemies, though. Uh, the families of people he caught, and I heard he's been getting really paranoid in his old age. Apparently this dude sees, probably he thought his garbage cans were dark wizards, and that's why he hexed them or something. Right. Uh, <laughs> Pervy here is like, oh, I'd love to come to the station with you guys, but I just can't take justifying more time off at the moment. Mr. Crouch is really starting to rely on me. George does get a zinger here. He says, yeah, you know what, Percy? I reckon he'll know your name soon. <laughs> Which is real good, because as we discussed last episode, I did not catch the whole him calling, was it Bartleby or something like that? Uh, uh, I can't remember what it was, but basically you explained, yeah, Crouch doesn't know who the fuck Percy is, which is real funny. Right. Weatherby. Weatherby. That's what it was. Um, 
<laughs> so they're getting in these muggle taxis, uh, and we get a Crookshanks mention, so I have to make a note of it. Uh, <laughs> friend George fireworks scare Crookshanks, and <laughs> Crookshanks like latches his claws into one of these taxi drivers' legs, uh, which is just real funny. And also, it's a Crookshanks mention, so I am obligated by law to mention it. So as they're saying goodbye at the platform, Charlie's like, I might be seeing you all sooner than you think. Wink, wink, wink. And Bill is also like, yeah, I might get some time off to come watch it myself. Wink, wink, wink. (laughs) And they're like, what the fuck aren't you guys telling us? And they're like, you'll see. Just don't tell Percy. It's classified information. They're just roasting Percy again, basically. (laughs) I mean, they are... It is actually classified information. Right, though. no. But they're they're making fun of Percy. Right. So yeah, Bill and Charlie, maybe we'll see them again. Definitely Charlie, I think. Maybe Bill later in this book is what I'm guessing. Um, Even uh, Molly, Mrs. Weasley here, is like, you'll find out this evening, I expect. It's going to be very exciting. I'm very glad they've changed the rules. And they're all like, what rules? And... She's like, ah, I'm sure Professor Dumbledore will tell you. So I'm, I'm curious to see what rules are going to be changing. Um, so they're on the train. I think they overhear Malfoy being a little dick here. Uh, he's talking about how his father almost sent him to Durmstrang, which is the second magical school we learn about here. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they won't be important that they've mentioned both <laughs> two of these magical schools here. That's funny because on this week's episode of We Don't Want a One Piece, I was giving Scott shit for like the writing like uh mentioning something and then like yeah. very soon afterwards it becomes relevant. <laughs> Which you never really followed up on a yeah, good explanation know, of what that but was. But I know I've thought it several times. Whatever. This is <laughs> I know I've thought it. Wow. <laughs> Smoking gun there, buddy. Um uh, mother, uh, this is still Malfoy. Mother didn't like the idea of me going sc- to school so far away. Father says Durmstrang takes a far more sensible line than Hogwarts about the dark arts. Durmstrang students actually learn them, not just the defense rubbish that we do. Uh, so if Malfoy here is to be believed, the Durmstrang students are learning the dark arts. Yeah. Which sounds shady, or maybe, you know, maybe you need to learn to fight fire with fire. I don't know. Who knows? Um, Harry's like, what the fuck is Durmstrang and where it is? Well, Harry and Ron, because they're both idiots. Uh, Hermione explains to them, and they're like, where is it? And Hermione's like, nobody knows where. Uh, and she's like, there's traditionally been a lot of rivalry between all the magic schools. Durmstrang and Bobatons like to conceal their whereabouts so nobody can steal their secrets. And then, uh, Malfoy roasts Ron and Ron rises to the challenge like he always does. Malfoy gets his goat, basically. And he mentions something about entering and how there's a lot of gold in it. But we still don't know what it is. Uh, But they get to the school and that's the end of that chapter. Uh, So we go into chapter 12. And the name of this chapter is the Triwizard Tournament. So I guess this is the big deal that everyone keeps talking about. That's it's subtle, man. You're not supposed it's to know very that yet. subtle. We talked about the subtlety in these books. Uh, big L for your girl McGonagall here. I gotta say, 
They get to the castle. Peeves is throwing water balloons because Peeves is a dick. Uh, they're already wet. <laughs> they're already wet from the rain, and Peeves decides <laughs> now is a good time to throw water balloons. Uh, McGonagall rushes in and nearly strangles Hermione because she's slipping on the wet floor. Uh, but she doesn't do shit about it. She's like, Peeves, you cut that out or I'll tell Dumbledore. And Peeves just like fucks off. My boy Lupin blasted the shit out of Peeves. But your more boy, girl, Jesus, McGonagall doesn't do shit, man. All right. Fair enough. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, I miss Lupin is what I'm trying to say. I do miss Lupin too. I always miss Lupin. Yeah, Lupin was great. Uh, Ron's all wet, and my thought was, surely Hermione knows some kind of drying spell. Like, where is this quick dry spell? Is what I want to know. Uh, oh, that's but apparently advanced no- stuff, Scott. Well, <laughs> apparently no one does because all the new students, the first years, come in, and they're like soaked because. They had to still roam across the lake because they have to do that to first years for some reason, even though it's stormy and raining and all of them are like soaked and freezing and have hypothermia. Don't, you, don't we get Colin's little brother here? Yes, uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> but I'm like, in this kind of weather, couldn't you just skip the whole boats across the lake thing? Like, you're going to give these kids hypothermia and then you'd be like, oh, well, they'll, they'll magically keep them, you know, warm them or dry them. no. They don't. They don't do any of that. Uh, one of the kids has Hagrid's coat, uh, but that's about it. No no drying spells. I'm very disappointed. I, I love a good dry spell. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really bad joke. Here, Harry's thinking to himself, he says, The sorting of the new students into houses took place at the start of every school year, but by an unlucky combination of circumstances, Harry hadn't been present at one since his own. Oh, an unlucky combination of circumstances? You mean like driving a flying car into the Whomping Willow, you dipshit, Harry? Yeah, he's take response. Take responsibility for your goddamn actions, you fucking prick. <laughs> being real mean to Harry this episode but he deserves it what wait hold on what kept him from from uh, it in year three they he was like passed out still from the Dementor or he had to go get chocolate or something like that you're right yep yeah or talking to McGonagall yeah no he had to get chocolate that's what it was yeah I think. He, he was at the hospital wing with yes, McGonagall yes. and uh Pomfrey Pomfrey correct so that one legit the other one very less so he was getting roasted by Snape at the time. <laughs> so, yeah, here's what I'm talking about. All these first years are just drenched. Harry says they appeared to have swum across the lake rather than sailed. All of them were shivering with a combination of cold and nerves. These poor fucking kids, they're like 10 years old. <laughs> they're going to a new school. They nearly die coming across this fucking lake. And no one dries them. Poor Hagrid only has got one coat. He can't give it to all of them. Um, and yeah, here's where we meet uh, Colin Creevy's brother. Is it, what's his name? Dennis. Dennis, that's right. Uh, <laughs> he catches Colin Creevy's eye, gives a thumbs up, and mouths, I fell in the lake. <laughs> he looked positively delighted about it. This This kid's a nut, and I'm kind of here for it. Way more so than Colin. Um, <laughs> here we get the Sorting Hat song, which is very different from what I remembered. I was like, is this the song from the first book? I don't remember any of this. 
And Harry speaks what I was thinking. He says, that's not the song it's saying when it sorted us. And uh, Ron's like, yeah, it sings a different one every year. Are you going to sing gotta... it for us? No, I'm not going to sing it for us because oh. I don't have it in my notes. That's You're going to sing it for no, us, though, because you're not. looking at the book. No, I'm not. You're the musician. Come on. No, I'm not looking at the book. You're a liar and a bad musician. Ooh. <laughs> I'm a good liar, but a bad musician. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, it's it's whole song this time was about like the the houses. It gave more context for the houses like than I feel like we've ever gotten, as I recall. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like Hufflepuffs are hardworking, which we finally get some, some context positivity. for what the fuck. Yeah, for what the fuck Hufflepuffs are, because <laughs> it did the first year. It just said Hufflepuffs get all the rest. Right. It was like Gryffindors are brave, Slytherins are ambitious, Ravenclaws are wise, and Hufflepuffs get all the rest. <laughs> so maybe she finally realized she was being too big of a dick to Hufflepuff and was like, "I'll throw him a bone." She swears that she's a that she's a Hufflepuff. You know, and Amanda's a Hufflepuff. Yes, we've mentioned that a few times on the pod. Uh, anyway, Ron's like, "Yeah, it's got to be a pretty more." Pretty boring life being a hat. I suppose it spends all year making up the next song. And I'm like, or, you know, having been carried around by a phoenix with a sword in you, side you, that too. It does that too. I like swords inside me. I know you do. I still don't understand what the point of the sword being in the sorting hat was. Like, why didn't Fox just bring him the damn sword? Oh, well. So the, the hat belonged to Godric Gryffindor as well. I know. They say that somewhere here. So you can pull out the sword if you're a loyal Gryffindor from the hat. That's it. Could you pull out Godric Gryffindor? No, I, I just nut inside. I don't pull out with Godric Gryffindor. Somebody else I might pull out. But The show is going so downhill so fast. <laughs> uh, Harry, my boy, uh, catches a glimpse of Cho, the Ravenclaw Seeker. Uh, for a fleeting second, Harry had a strange desire to join the Ravenclaw table too. Dude has got it bad for this girl. Strange desire to not pull out. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, man, that was pretty good. Uh, I appreciate this about Harry. This is the most personality he ever has is when he's pining for this girl. So I'm here for it. Yeah, fair I'm enough. here for it. Here's where Hermione finds out that there are over a hundred house elves at Hogwarts in the kitchens and doing the chores. Is this what you were like, didn't want to tell me when I was asking about the kitchens? Was this the big reveal? I mean, it's not a big reveal, but just wait. You are actually the worst. Uh, Nick, Hermione's like, they get paid, right? Nick thinks, headless Nick thinks this is hilarious. He's like, them get paid benefits. Uh... So Hermione's on a hunger strike, which lasts about three sentences um, because it's slavery. Um, Isn't it bad that she's like, I've never seen one. And he's like, yeah, that's the mark of a good house off is that you don't know it's there. So fucked up. Yeah. I was also a little confused about this because he says they come out at night and like do chores and I'm like, these fuckers are always out and about at night, you know, doing things they're not supposed to be doing. They would have seen a house elf at some point. 
<laughs> but whatever. Dumble is about to announce what is happening when this scarred up bastard enters. Uh, he's got, apparently got like a robot Terminator style eye. Um, <laughs> he just limps down the aisle, sits down and starts eating. Um, Dumble introduces him as the new Defense Against the Dark each Arch the Defense Against the Dark Arch teacher. Try that I, again. I, no, I said that purposely wrong. No, you Fuck didn't. You. Try that again. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Moody. Uh, apparently, this is the same Mad Eye Arthur was supposed to be helping. Only Dumbledore and Hagrid clap. <laughs> the only ones in the entire room clap for him. Um, it's a scary looking dude. Does she give the full description of his face? Yeah, it's like all scarred up. It's it's ugly. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. yeah, and he's got a Terminator robot eye thing. Uh, it's it, Dumble says something here, and f- it's either Fred or George jumps up and is like, "You have got to be joking." And Dumble says, "I am not joking, Mister Weasley." Though now that you mention it, I did hear an excellent one over the summer about a troll, a hag, and a leprechaun who all go into a bar. Professor McGonagall cleared her throat loudly. (laughs) Uh, But maybe this is not the time, no. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Dumbledore, dude. That's pretty good. That was a good gag. McGonagall's like, fuck it, I gotta keep this dick in line. Um, So yeah, here's where we find out about the Triwizard Tournament hasn't been held in over a century uh it's first established some 700 years ago as a friendly competition between the three largest european schools of wizardry spoiler alert it's hogwarts bobatons and durmstrang because we've name dropped them a bunch of times now um a champion was selected to represent each school and then the three champions competed in three magical tasks the school took the school took it in turns to host the tournament once every five years and it was generally agreed to be a most excellent way of establishing ties between young witchers and wizards of different nationalities. Until the death toll mounted so high, the tournament was discontinued. So people be dying in this thing, which is why I guess they haven't had it in 100 years. People do be dying. People do be dying. Um, Dumble says they have a fair and impartial judge to determine the champions and that no one under the age of 17 will be allowed to participate for safety. Bullshit. Uh, I have read enough of these books to know by now that Harry will be competing in the, at least Harry, if not all three of these assholes will be competing in this thing. I know there's only one champion per school, but somehow Fred, George, Ron, Hermione, and Harry will be in this. Thing. <laughs> um, Fred and George are real pissed off. They're like, we turned 17 in April. This is ageism or whatever. That almost uh, sounded like a Vegeta voice. Nah, it's more just like a, it's closer to a Yamcha probably. Oh, dude! You can't, that's ageism, brah! Dude, fuck Yamcha. Fuck Yamcha. Uh, they're brainstorming ways to enter anyway and get the 1,000 galleon prize. They're like, oh, we can take <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this voice for them now. <laughs> we can take some age potion, brah! And I'm like, Dumble knows how old you are, you dipshits. Uh, he also knows how old Harry is. Listen, uh, but he doesn't care. Harry can break whatever rule he wants, and he'll get a new... Uh, one firebolt isn't enough for Harry. He needs at least six. So, 
this is just a good little gag here. Neville falls through one of the stairs, this like enchanted stairs, and a suit of armor laughs at him. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Re- real funny. Because um, Neville sucks. Uh, <laughs> this is real good. Harry, as he's falling asleep, having a little wet dream here, if you know what I mean. Not from uh, Peeves' water balloons. Uh, Harry, ha- Harry had just won the Triwizard Tournament. Cho's face stood out particularly clearly in the blurred crowd, her face glowing with admiration. Harry grinned into his pillow, exceptionally glad that Ron couldn't see what he could. This guy. This fucking guy's got it bad, man. Dude, he's about to start milking that snake, boy. <laughs> he's gonna milk that snake real hard. <laughs> Uh, and this was the point at the end of this chapter where I was going to stop uh, for this batch of episodes. A couple things made me do one more chapter. Um, first of all, according to Kindle, this told me I was only a quarter of the way through this damn book. A quarter of the way. Did a quick little mathy math in my head here. I did some arithmancy. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, uh, that would be eight podcast episodes for this one book. I believe there are three more books after that. That would translate to roughly a billion more episodes. <laughs> um, and this is just my life now. This is my life. Uh, this is a life sentence. And what devilish deal I what hellish deal did i make with you Zach? i don't ever want to hear it because i'm going through one piece right now one piece has no end in sight <laughs> that's true uh so that made me do one more chapter along with the fact that uh you were very keen at the end of last episode about me meeting this new character who i can only assume is mad eye moody yeah. Is who you were talking about. Yeah, of course. And the next chapter I saw was called Mad-Eye Moody or Mad-Eye or something like that. Yeah, Mad-Eye so Moody. Like, okay, I have to fucking read this chapter too. So um, we'll run through this guy as well. We're all right. We're all right on time. Yeah. Chapter 13. Um, Harry's bitching at breakfast about having double divination. Are you okay? Did you have a stroke? Call the bondulance. I'm having a strong. Fucking strong. Um, divination was his least favorite subject apart from potions. Isn't this one of his like electives? Why didn't he drop it? Hermione dropped it. So obviously you can drop these. Yeah. Why is he still taking this? Because he's an idiot. <sighs> he's too busy having wet dreams about Cho to pick his fucking <laughs> subjects. Uh... Professor Trelawney kept predicting Harry's death, which he found extremely annoying. That, sure. Um, and Hermione's thinking what I'm thinking. She says, you should have given it up like me. And I'm like, yeah, why Why didn't these dipshits do that? We get a couple classes here that I didn't bother to take any Bubo notes on. tubers. Gro- yeah, gross pus harvesting and shellless crabs uh, with Hagrid. That's terrifying. Shellless crabs. It's pretty terrifying. They also like explode or something, have stingers, and yeah, they're they're no good. (laughs) Fucking Hagrid. Uh, (laughs) This is a real. This is maybe, actually, I think definitely the best thing Ron has ever in his life said. They're in divination class. 
They're doing like planet shit. And uh, Lavender Brown Mm -hmm. is like trying to figure out what this planet is. And I will read directly. This is all quote directly from the book. It is Uranus, my dear, said Professor Perlani, peering down at the chart. Can I have a look at Uranus too, Lavender? Said Ron. (laughs) Fucking Ron. You know, even a broken clock is, you know, right twice a day. Blind squirrel finding a nut. Whatever analogy you want to use. Even Ron has a banger of a line every once in a while. You gotta love a good butt joke, you know? You gotta 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 love love a good good, (laughs) You gotta love a good butt joke, too. The fact that he says it to a girl, too, is real brave. Uh, real brave of That's him. That's the Gryffindor in him, man. Yeah, apparently. Um, so Trelawney gives them a ton of homework, and Hermione rubs that in. She's like, lots of homework, huh? Professor Vector didn't give us any at all. Uh, I guess Vector, of course he would be, Vector being a mathematical <laughs> term. He's the arithmancy teacher? Yes. What's our Vector, Victor? What's our Vector, Victor? Hell yes. Don't call me Shirley. Uh, Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, Hermione's roasting them about still taking di- divination. Dude, you are having some trouble with divination, buddy. No, I'm not. It's fine. It's all <laughs> fine. Uh, oh, and this is where fucking that dick Draco is like, oh, your dad's in the paper, Ron, and he starts reading this article. Uh, Arnold Weasley, this fucking bitch can't even get my boy Arthur's name right which only makes Draco rub it in more. Arnold Weasley, who was charged with possession of a flying car two years ago, thanks dipshits, um, was yesterday involved in a tussle with several muggle law keepers over a number of highly aggressive dustbins. Mr. Weasley appears to have rushed to the aid of Mad-Eye Moody, the aged ex-hit squadman, I'm not saying or, that's stupid, uh, who retired from the ministry when no longer able to tell the difference between a handshake and attempted murder. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Unsurprisingly, Mr. Weasley found upon arrival at Mr. Moody's heavily guarded house that Mr. Moody had once again raised a false alarm. Mr. Weasley was forced to modify several memories before he could escape from the policeman. Um, so yeah, not not great for my boy Arthur. Uh, your boy Rita strikes again. Your girl, sorry. Your girl Rita. Um, and then Malfoy and Harry trade your mama jokes. Now they're just, they're doing a your mama off. Uh, <laughs> because that's a thing. That's a thing that 14, 15 year old kids do. It's true. It's true. Uh, and then Malfoy tries to like blast Harry in the back with some spell. He misses cause he sucks, I guess. Uh, oh no, you don't laddie. Hell Yeah. Harry spun around. Professor Moody was limping down the marble staircase. Oh, this dude's got a peg leg, by the way, so that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> it's red. He's red got a. Zeph, he's got a. <laughs> yeah, Zeph didn't have a Terminator eye though. Um, Be a lot cooler uh, so, yeah. if you did. <sighs> no, Zeph can't get any cooler. He's got. He's got that baller mustache. Um. So yeah, Moody's got his wand out, and there's a pure white ferret. Shivering on the stone flag for exactly where Malfoy had been. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, Crab and Goyle tried to grab it and le- run away with it. Leave it! Moody <laughs> shouted. And Harry's like, what, what, leave what? And he's like, not you, you dipshit. Him. 
And so, yeah, Harry notices that it seems that Moody's rolling eye is magical and can see out the back of his head, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> This is where your girl McGonagall comes in and she's like, Professor Moody, <laughs> we do not use transfiguration as punishment. Um, He's just like bouncing this ferret up and down while talking to her. This dude does not have a care in the world. And he, he's just doing it because Malfoy was going to hit Harry in his back, like while his back was turned. Right. He says that here in a second. Um, she's like, what are you doing? And he's just like, teaching. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's like, Moody, is that a student? He's like, yep. <laughs> and yeah, this is where she's like, we never use transfiguration as a punishment. Surely Professor, D- Professor Dumbledore told you that. He might have mentioned it, yeah, said Moody, scratching his chin unconcernedly. But I thought a sharp, good shock. Uh, yeah, so he's he's just playing with this ferret, bouncing it all around to the other place. Uh, he changes him back because uh, McGonagall's throwing a hissy fit. Uh, Moody here says that Lucius Malfoy and Snape are quote-unquote old friends... Mm-hmm. And that he's looking forward to talking to them. Um, and then he grabs Malfoy and he goes off to talk to old Snape about, because Snape's the head of Slytherin House. Because McGonagall's like, oh, no, you're supposed to speak. You're not supposed to transfigure them. You're supposed to speak to the head of their house or whatever. And he's like, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, he, he responds that way because uh, Draco mutters something about, like, my father. like Right. Like he's like gonna, my father will get you fired. Or right, some shit. and Moody's just like, oh yeah, your your fucking father. Okay, well yeah. let me tell you, boy, I I know exactly. Your father. It's pretty good. I it's, also know Snape. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I know Snape too, and I'm gonna go kick his ass. Is what it sounds like. <laughs> I, I don't think old friends is entirely sincere, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good exchange. Yeah. So. <sighs> Hermione is is doing this thing where she eats... She's off her hunger strike, by the way, which, like I said, lasted all of two seconds. She's doing this thing where she eats real fast and then runs off to the library. She's like, gotta go, loads to do. And Harry's like, you told us Vector Victor didn't give you any homework. And she's like, ah, loads to do, and she's gone. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's studying how to help house elves is a guess I have. I don't know. And then Fred and George come in and they're like, dude, this moody dude, fuck yeah, he's the best, he he knows what it's like to be out there doing it, man. And Harry's like, doing what? Do they sound like, like such stoners? <laughs> come on, they are. Uh, he knows, man. He knows, man. And Fred's like, fighting the dark arts, bro. <laughs> seen it all, man. He's Fucking seen amazing. it all. Yeah. And, yeah, and they're like, oh, shit, we don't have him till Thursday. Ron's like, I can't wait to fucking have him as my teacher. <laughs> I guess Ron, fucking Ron. And that's the end of the chapter uh, and what we're going to be going over today. So we get a little bit of your boy Moody. Um, he seems pretty cool. He's got a peg leg and a Terminator eye, and he don't take no shit. Uh-huh. He's um, a dick. He sees him, seems like a bit of a... I love how when McGonagall asks him what he's doing, he's just like, teaching. 
so good. Uh, he might have said something about that. Yeah, he might have. I can't remember. Um, it's pretty good. I I think I will probably like him. Um, I wasn't. I, I'm glad I read this chapter because his his small introduction when they were in the hall, I was just like, what the fuck ever. This guy just seems like overplayed. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but here here was pretty good. Um, I <laughs> I think you're gonna like him in the next chapter too. When once you get going, that's fair. I pro I might. I question Dumbledore's hiring practices once again. Um, for the defense against the dark arts position. Track record, not so great. Not great at all. Uh, his best hire was a werewolf. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, so, yeah, that's that's all we've got for... What What did I miss? What What do you want to go more in depth on, buddy? Um, You know, dude, I you you were very thorough. Uh, there, there wasn't really anything specifically that I was like, I want to bring attention to this. Um, mm-hmm. you went through some dense ass chapters, so yeah, Jesus, especially uh, chapter nine. Holy shit. Give me your verdict, man. I mean, did you enjoy this batch as a whole? I did. Um, it was a little bit, I don't say a letdown, but it was like, I was the first chapter being chapter nine being like super hype. And I was really into that. The rest of it was just kind of like... Now it's getting back to normal. Right. Normal. A lot of normal-ass school shit. Sure. Um, I'm intrigued to see what this Triwizard Tournament is about. Um, I assume Harry's going to be... I, I didn't mention this earlier, but... I assume Harry's going to be a whiny little bitch boy about it. Because there's no uh, Quidditch. And we know he loves him his Quidditch. But he's going to be in the tournament anyway, so what does it matter? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that Wood has graduated. The poor soul, he couldn't go a year without Quidditch. Uh, he, yeah, yeah, he would lose his damn mind. <laughs> I mean, I think he did lose his damn he, mind. But he did lose his damn mind. Do they? Do they say what he's gone on to do? They, I think they mentioned him briefly. They saw him in the camp in one of the early chapters. He like is a reserve for some Quidditch team. Right. He went pro, man. Um, as a reserve, sure. I mean, hey, dude, you're still on that hey, payroll. Listen, you know what? You're right. You're right. I can't. I can't hate on. Come that on, dude. <laughs> you're in the NFL. You're in the NFL, whether you're on the practice squad or not. Yeah. Um. Oh, you're gonna make so, our yeah. listeners think you like football. I don't. Fuck football, dude. Yeah. Fuck football. Anyway. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, Every year they got to introduce something weird that Hermione's doing behind the other two dopes back. So I don't know what this one is. Um, so I I legitimately like uh, this is gonna be a little bit of a rinse wash repeat here thing, but like I legitimately uh, until the end of this book, until the back like probably quarter of the book, I don't know how you're gonna feel about it. I don't. Okay. I, I I am. I mean, obviously, I hope you enjoy it, uh, but like, I don't know how you're gonna feel about the the tournament and everything. Well, you never do. You didn't know how I felt about these when I feel like. How could you not think I was gonna be excited about chapter nine? I, like that chapter's 
pretty hype. It's pretty fucking good. Dude, it's because every time I think I think that you're going to enjoy something, it just I I'm utterly let down. So I do it just to fuck with you. Yeah. Just when you think I zig, I'm going to zig, that's when I zog. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, it's just it's so it's so different like what's happening in this book. It feels it feels like um it feels like it's a constant like B plot and you're like, why are we doing all this until it's not? And you're like, oh shit. Okay. So I, I just I, I hope that you enjoy at you know the the journey getting to the oh shit, but I don't know. We'll see. Sa- sa- says the man who just finished our One Piece episode complaining about the B plot. Yeah. Hey, I get it, man. That's why I I, I understand that you may or may not be super into these. It, you whatever. hypocritical ass, you. Uh, sh- I I will say I heard from uh, another Harry Potter friend of ours. Shouts to Davey. He said this was one of his favorite books when I told him this was the book I was in now. So That's good. That's good to know. I didn't know that about Davey, actually. He he didn't say his favorite specifically. He said one of his favorites. So, okay. Um, I, I you know I I think a tournament setting could be cool. You know you got your anime. The tournament arcs are always pretty hype. Uh, a common trope. Um, what what it, what it is is I, I have my thoughts together now. Is I don't know how you're going to feel when you're like. There's obviously big things happening. Mm-hmm. Like, how are we still focusing on like school stuff? Oh, that okay. that's that's how it like like I feel like you're gonna feel like some of this stuff is very trivial compared to how big the story should be. Sure, when sure. It, it does, of course, lend itself to the bigger story, but it doesn't really feel like that. It just feels like they're doing like tournament stuff. Okay, fair enough. Um, what I will say has me a little. I don't know, disappointed or hesitant is the right word, but the fact that there's only going to be, like, three entrants, like, one of the fun things about, like, a big tournament arc, specifically I'm thinking of, like, in anime, is, like, you get to see all these, like, just these weirdos, like, all these dopes that just, like, you know, you got to go through to get to, like, the real people. And the fact that it's just, like, three is just, like, eh, come on, why can't it be more, you know? And maybe it will be more. Like I said, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Fred, George, Hermione, Ron... If they're all in this fucking thing, um, um okay, they're they're not. I mean, I know they are. You can't lie to me. <laughs> but I I think uh, I actually think that if you're looking at the tournament as just the tournament and not how it is a part of the story, I think it's I think it's well done. It's okay. It, it's cool trials. It's cool things that they've got to do. It's I think it's interesting. I va- this is one of the things I think I told you. I vaguely remembered some kind of, I don't know, like games or like battles or, yeah, a tournament, I guess. Yeah. I don't remember anything of what was involved or the outcome, obviously, but I vaguely remembered there, one of these books being about, I didn't know there's this one, being about games, like Hunger Games style, whatever nonsense, so. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm excited to get more of Moody. Um, oh yeah. You know, two books running now. Um, the defense, the new defense against the dark arts teacher have been one of my favorite characters, probably my second favorite character. 
Second to uh, Crookshanks? To second to Crookshanks, of course. Fuck, dude. <laughs> Gotta That's keep still that. so good to me. Gotta keep that up. Uh, so, yeah, I hope I hope three for three here that, you know, Moody makes it three in a row that the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher is one of the best characters in the book because if we don't get Lupin, like, what are we even doing here? You know, what are we doing without Lupin? I'm pretty certain that you're going to enjoy him. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I think that'll just about wrap us up here Zach any final thoughts no man I I think that's it I I can't wait for us to to get into the to to the middle of this book and and see what you think about the tournament and start unwrapping all this fun stuff uh but as usual I I I don't know if anyone's reading along with me if this makes this more difficult for you but as usual I don't know how many chapters we'll be doing next time because I kind of just go till I think we'll have enough and not too much for to fill an episode so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who can say? Last time it was eight chapters. This time it was four. four. It's, you know, it will be a number of chapters. I can promise you that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Arithmancy, baby. <laughs> What's your vector, Victor? Exactly. All right, guys. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, if you are not already uh, listening to the We Don't Want a One Piece series, be sure to check that out. Um, and hey, maybe you actually give the anime One Piece a shot. I uh, definitely started off as a we don't want to one piece and uh, it has slowly made its turn on me. So it's pretty good. I've fallen into the trap and, and I can now say with confidence, I would recommend that people check it out. So give it a shot. Listen to the pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at we don't want a pod and uh, tell a friend because that goes a long way. Uh, let people hear our beautiful sultry voices and uh, yeah we'll just do a little reach around see you guys next time (sighs) that's good snake milk